Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. You know what I love about this church is that we're just getting started. (laughs) I don't know if they asked this yet uh, tonight, but do we have any first-time visitors with us? Your first, your first time being with us. Yeah, come on, bless you. Yeah, we bless you. We pray increase and encounters over you, that you would carry something home with you that would change your whole household. In Jesus' name, amen. But if you're new, um, we, are, we are two months old. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and so literally, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. How many people like to... Uh, you just, you like to pioneer. Some people are like, not me. <laughs> but how many people like to see something come into its fullness? You like that? And we, we love to see things grow. We love to see things mature. We love to see things uh, on their track of developing into their full calling. Well, that's what you get to do with us. You're on this journey with us. We're brand new, two months old, but God is already doing good things. Amen? I mean, we're already up here sharing testimonies of tumors disappearing and, and cancer being healed. Come on, and, and, people, and people being healed of, of uh, ADHD and bipolar. Come on, of deaf ears opening, of lives being transformed. Financial situations changing. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, a gentleman is giving me a couple updates, but he said, as soon as I started, uh, I felt called to this church being home, and as soon as I started tithing here, uh, my finances at work doubled. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Father. And it's just the beginning. And God loves to take us from glory to glory. This side of the room is not excited about that. That's okay. But uh, <laughs> from glory to more glory. And as I said, you're on a, uh, this journey. We're in this journey together. But the journey is to go into increasing levels of glory. Amen. As the Lord has called us, because how many people believe that the Lord has good plans for us? He's got good plans for us. He's got good plans for this city. And I really, I really believe that, that, to use Kess's term, God is agitating Austin right now. That, that literally there, there, is, there is a buzz in this city. There's something happening. There's a, there's a reason that this is the fastest growing city. And yes, you can point to all the, the things in, uh, in the natural the indicators, the tech industry and, and education and jobs and housing and all that stuff. But I feel like God is drawing people for a reason. I feel like that there is a stirring of the waters. There is an, there, there is an agitating happening. And, and if you've been with us for for a while, then you've probably heard me say, but, but when we were praying about coming to Austin, God, God took me into a vision, and he showed me the city, and, uh, and, and this great, this, this groundswell happening, 
And then, he, then the vision changed to San Francisco, 69, Summer of Love, the whole the hippie movement, that whole thing. And I'm like, whoa, what are you, what are you showing me, Jesus? And then the sweet scene switched again to the Jesus people movement yeah. and a movement of holiness and radical lovers of Jesus. And then God spoke and he said, there is a movement coming out of Austin. Not like there could be. He said, there is a movement coming out of Austin. The church gets to uh, play a deciding factor in which way that movement goes. Wow, thank you, Jesus. I want to ask you if you believe that you have an assignment from God. Are you on an assignment? Are you, are, do, you have a, do you have a commission? Are, are, you, are you going somewhere? Do you have something to accomplish? Or are you just along for the ride? Because we know that God has, has good things in store, that, that His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts, His plans are higher than ours. That whatever we can dream, He's dreaming bigger. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I'm just going to to jump right in for sake of time tonight. But I've, I've traveled the world for the last 11, 12 years, been traveling extensively, we ministered in almost 30 nations around the world, and I've seen a, a lot of churches, a lot of believers, a lot of outreach, a lot of conferences, a lot of everything connected to the church. And, and it, it's, it's amazing to me that you can, that you can tangibly tell where people connect to the Lord, what, what their relational perspective is. If they're, com- if they're coming just as servants or if they're coming as royal heirs. And, and, when, and when they come, it determines the fruit that they walk in. How they come, rather, determines the fruit that they walk in. And, uh, you know, I mean, you, you connect with people all the world and you just watch the way they worship. And one of my favorite quotes is, you can tell how much somebody knows they've been forgiven by the way they worship. Whoo! That'll preach all by itself right there. (laughs) But you can also tell if people understand that they are royalty by the way they worship. You can understand if people realize that they've been invited into the kingdom by the way they worship. You can tell if they believe that they're royalty by the way they pray, by the way they declare, by the way they believe. And you can also, you know, tell the opposite. And it's, it's interesting to watch, watch people engage. And the truth, the truth is that sometimes that we ourselves can slide on this scale. One day or, or one situation where we come and we're fully in the assurance of our royalty, and then the next day we're like, all of a sudden this poverty mentality jumped back on us. We're like, where'd that come from? If we're being real, but, you know, to watch people interact. People can get tripped up by the smallest things. And then you can be around people that, like, they have to have $10 million by next week, and they're like, no problem. (laughs) My daddy owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. No problem. He's got this. And guess who we like to be around? The people who, who live in that genuine realm of faith, 
that that, that, that royalty thing, how many people know, is contagious. There's like, it's an invitation. Why? Because they're actually reflecting our proper place in life, in the kingdom. And, you know, what do we believe God wants to do? I was uh, just in worship. I was just remembering the time um, years ago we were, we were in uh, the bush of Africa, the deep, deep bush, South Africa, and we were on our way to preach in this village, and this, this lightning storm hits like can only happen in the deep of Africa or apparently in Texas because you guys get some thunderstorms here, but... I mean, we're like dirt roads, mud, rutted. Now it's raining. Like our van is barely getting there. And this, this thunder and lightning hits to the point that the, it literally is shaking the van. And we pull up to this little church um, in the center of this, this village that we're supposed to preach at. And this lightning is cracking and thunder. It's shaking the van. And we pull up and we're looking at the church and it is a tin church. <laughs> the, the whole thing is made of metal. <laughs> and it's lightning and thunder. And we're in the van and the fear, like fear hits us. And we're like, uh, should we get out? Are you going to get out? I don't know. Are you going to get out? Right? And, 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 and the, the guy leading the team at the time, he's like, hey, before we make any decisions, let's just worship. Good idea, right? So he just cranks on the worship, and we're just like, oh, Jesus, you're amazing. Still thunder and lightning, the van shaking. But we're worshiping, and next thing you know, Holy Spirit just comes in the van, and we're getting wrecked in the love of God. I mean, we're all crammed in this van, and people are like falling out of their chairs and shaking in tears. Oh, God, we love you. And then the question came up again, should we get out? But, but we had shifted our position out of, out of poverty, out of just being servants into being sons, in, in, into being royal heirs. And something shifted, and the question wasn't even really a question this time. We're like, of course, God wants to do good things. And so we, we jump out, and, and we, we end up praying. We, we said, God, um, we want you to surprise us in what you do. Like, do something that's so out of the box. And then I remember we prayed, God, let people get healed just walking in the door. Come on, if you're going to take big risk, God's going to show up with big reward. And uh, so we go on, and uh, on this uh, worship starts, and this young lady, you may have heard me tell this story before, this young lady uh, comes in the back of the church being helped by two, uh, two guys. She's teenage age, and two other teenagers, they're helping her walk in. She gets three steps in the door, and bam, hits the floor. She's out on the floor for three hours. Three hours. Service goes on, miracles happen, God shows up, and she's out the whole time. The very end, service is over. There's only about 40 people left in the room, and she wakes up and gets up off the floor in the back and starts walking around, and the place goes crazy. I mean, berserk, like, wow, and we're like, what's happening? Like, somebody tell us what's going on. And we come to find out that she's 16 years old and she's never walked in her life. Oh, come on, somebody say, come on, Jesus. 
She's never walked in her life. And God healed her on the floor, and she gets up walking around. The whole village obviously knows her. It goes crazy. After the service, we're like talking to her, and, and uh, we're like, can we give you a ride home? She's like, okay. We're like, where do you live? She's like, I don't live far from here. So it was her and a couple of brothers, sisters, cousins. Like, so there's like four of them. We put them in the van. She's like, not far from here. We start driving. We're driving 45 minutes in the night, in the bush, in the dark, in the dirt roads, and we're like, where do you live? She's like, oh, not far from here. <laughs> Another 45 minutes drive. You know, we have no idea where we're going. There's no road signs, right? So they're just like, turn at that tree, right? We're <laughs> hour and a half into the drive, we pull up to this, these huts, right? And we, we pull up and park, and this witch doctor comes out of the hut. <laughs> Middle of the night, <clears throat> it turns out that the girl who got healed, that's her grandmother. So this witch doctor comes out with a van door, slides open, and her granddaughter gets out of the van, not carried by two guys, but walking on her own. And the witch doctor goes, what happened to you? She said, these people told us about Jesus, and Jesus healed me. She said, she said come inside. I want to know about this, Jesus. We come inside. The whole family gets born again. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Look, sometimes we, can, sometimes we can be seated over here. We can get tripped up over like, I need $10. Oh, no. And uh, sometimes we're here, we're like, yeah, the, God's going to save the whole witch doctor's family, right? But how many people know that we're supposed to live over here? That it's, we're in a process, and the process is okay, right? That God doesn't, doesn't need our perfection. He needs our surrender, but, but we are in a process, and I want to talk a little bit about the, the, some of these keys to stepping in because I believe that God has an assignment for us. Thank you, Jesus. If you believe God has an assignment, just say, I believe you, Jesus. <laughs> we talked about uh, the, the position of, of royalty. Um, Versus um, being just citizens or servants. First Peter, verse 2, we all know this. Verse, verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Somebody say special. Here it is, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. So that, for a reason, so that you can proclaim or herald the good news. That so we can declare his goodness to the world. And when we get saved, how many people know that when, when we say yes to Jesus and we invite him into our heart, he becomes our king? And that, and that we get born again. But, but some people come in and they get born again and they're just, they're just happy to be on the outskirts of salvation. 
And it's, it's like this, the picture I want to paint, it's like in the natural, in the days of old, in, in kingdoms and kings, there, there was, there was uh, servants and workers of the land and, and peasants and citizens, and those citizens were citizens of the kingdom, truly, and, and they had the right on occasion to come before the king. If they had a petition, if they had a need, they could come before the king but they might have to wait weeks or months or years to get before the king. And they would come before the king and there would be, there would be great reverence and they would be honored to be in the presence of the king. Rightfully so. They would be, they would be honored like, oh, it's my time. It's my five minutes. <laughs> because how many people know when they, got, when they came through with their petition, like, they didn't have four hours. It was their five minutes, their special moments. And, and they would come in with reverence like, oh, king, I'm so glad to be before you. They would also, though, come with trepidation, which is, which is fear, which is trembling, which is uncertainty. Like, I'm not sure how my king is going to respond. But aren't you glad that in John 15, he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you what? Friends. For a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. That I don't call you servants. You don't have to come before me with, with fear and trepidation and not knowing how I'm going to respond and if your request is going to be here. No, I call you friends. How many people know that that changes everything? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> that, that even it goes, it goes beyond calling us friends to the point where he refers to us as his bride. How many people know that we, his body, his church, are the bride of Christ? <laughs> and that Jesus is, has given us everything, and how many people want to give back to Jesus? That, that we are, that citizens of the land, they can come and, and just imagine that this is the king's throne. It's gold, just immaculate, beautiful, right? Jesus, forgive me for the poor example. That's the throne of God. When we come before the king, we're not called to come with trepidation. Just to kneel down and here's my five minutes. I got, I got, here's all my needs. I got to throw it out and I'm not sure how my king is going to respond. Why? Because he says, I no longer call you servants. That, that from his perspective, his highest for us is not that we would just be outer citizens of salvation. We're in, but that's not his highest. He says, I call you friends. But he, but he even goes beyond that, and he calls you his bride. And the servant will come and kneel before the king and, and give his petition real quick. Five minutes, here it is. God, here's all my needs. And I'm not sure what the king's going to do with that. But he says... He says, you're not just a servant, you're a friend. Then he goes beyond that and he says, you're my bride. Now I want to ask you something. 
The servant is here. Where's his bride? Right here. We don't, he hasn't called us into a relationship where, where we're lucky if we get five minutes. Look, when we come into worship together, are we a collection of outer citizens? Going, oh, I wonder if he's going to hear us today. I, I wonder if it'll be my moment. I don't know. I've been waiting a while. Maybe I'll have an encounter today. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to attune his ear. No. Are we outer citizens or are we the bride of Christ? <laughs> are, we, are we his own special people? Somebody say special people. What does it look like when a group of special people, his own special people, come before him? <laughs> How many people know that the, the, the expectation, the expectancy of the encounter should change? That when, that when a servant comes before the king, that interaction looks one way? Guess what? The interaction with his bride looks totally different. The servant has five minutes. The bride has his ear. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. In James, it tells us that we have not because we ask not. And when we do ask, we ask amiss. Maybe we've been asking too much from here. When we should be asking from here. Hey. You know what would be awesome? <laughs> well, listen, there's precedence. Why? Because John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, where was his head? <laughs> How many people know that when you ask from that place, it changes everything? That's the person who's like, hey, I heard you need $10 million by next week. Are you okay? And they're like, yep. <laughs> Why? Because they're in the proper place. They recognize that I haven't just been invited into the outer citizenry. I've been invited into the family. I've been invited into royalty. <laughs> that I'm a friend. I'm a son. I'm the bride. Thank you, Jesus. I love, I love to be around people who can laugh at problems. <laughs> <clears throat> that when problems arise, that their ship doesn't capsize, that they're not turned inside out, they're not worried, they're not disturbed, they just laugh at the problem. Yeah. Oh, this is a really great opportunity for my king to show up. <clears throat> That's called faith. That's called confidence. 
And it's and it is infectious. It's it's attractive. Thank you, Jesus. If if you believe that Jesus has good plans for us, if you believe that you have a calling and 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 sometimes we're in a place in our in our walk where we're like, I don't know, I don't know if I have a calling. I don't know what God's calling me to do. And sometimes we're just like, I have a calling. How do I accomplish the calling? I tell you what, the key for both of those things is the same. The key isn't, isn't here. The key is here. When you get here, it's when you'll start to hear what he has for you. When you get there, he'll start to give you the keys to see what he's called you to to be accomplished. You know, we can, we can feel it if we're, if we're honest. And again, you know, in our, in our human nature, we can swing on that, on that pendulum just in the same day. You know, early in the morning, we're like, I'm over here and something happens. And we're like, ah, how'd I get into peasant zone? <laughs> but we can tell, we can tell where we are by the way we interact. When it comes time to ask, how does it sound? When it comes time to worship, how does it sound? When, it, when, when we pray, are we, are we casting our petitions real quick? Like, oh God, here's a need. I don't know if you're going to hear me, but here it is. Or are we leaning into his chest? Listen, <laughs> knowing that, that he's not going to ignore us, why? Because we're his bride. He's still the king. Make no mistake about it. And he's, he's not going to give us everything that we ask for if it's not good for us, if it's not good for the kingdom. But guess what? He is going to hear. He is going to stop and take notice. He is going to interact. He is going to answer he is going to bless. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you step into the invitation of royalty, it's when you, you're able to accept the assignment. How many people know that, that we didn't get saved just to avoid trouble? Listen, we got saved to trouble the troubler. Listen, we got saved to agitate regions and areas and to stir it up and to bring breakthrough and invite heaven and to see change. Whoa. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violence take it by force. The kingdom of heaven is suffered violence. That word violence there is force. It's really, it's the kingdom of heaven is extending forcefully. The kingdom of heaven is extending forcefully. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. That's a different word than the next violence and the violent take it by force. Two different words. It's extending forcefully. And then the violent, those who are aggressive, 
those who not aggressive in man's terms of warfare. Because how many people know the Bible tells us we're not battling against flesh and blood? This isn't swords and axes and bows and arrows in the natural. This is kingdom. And how many people know that in the kingdom, peace is a weapon? And joy is warfare. This is how I fight my battles. <laughs> Come on. Those who through royalty can apprehend joy, who can step into peace in any moment. You need $10,000 by next week, I know how to access peace. Guess what? That makes the enemy's knees tremble. <laughs> when you can bring joy into the midst of trouble. <laughs> You can step into a room where somebody is, is sick, a chronic terminal, and you can bring the joy of the kingdom. Oh, I got my head on his chest, and I know what he's saying. Breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The servant, the servant comes with, with, with honor, but also with trepidation. And the, the bride, the bride also has honor for the king. But guess what? It looks a lot different. The, the servant's honor is actually really tied into fear. The servant's honor isn't about how do I please my husband. The servant's honor is how do I not mess up? How do I keep you from being angry at me? How do I appease my king? Guess what? That's a lower level of honor. <laughs> then the bride is like, how do I make my husband look like a genius? How do I do, what, how do, I do what's going to bring him pleasure? How do I, how I want, I want to live in purity and, and, and beauty so that when I walk in the room, his face lights up. Oh, you didn't get that one. <laughs> how many of you know that's a higher level of honor? Everybody, everybody deserves honor. But, but honor has to be in the right context, or it could be it, misplaced honor, it, it's, it, it loses its effect because it's not genuine. Have you ever, like, have you ever been waiting to meet with somebody really important? You know, you're waiting in, in the office, in the room, and, and, the, and they come in the door, and you think it's the person you're waiting for, and you stand up, you're saying, oh, thank you so much for, for giving me your time. You know, I really appreciate it. This is really humbling to, to be here with you, and, and you know, you're amazing how you impacted this thing, and you did that thing, and that book you wrote, it was, it was incredible, and I just want you to know how much I, I honor you and appreciate you, and then the person's like, uh, I think you're waiting for them. I'm just here to ask you if you want cream and sugar with your coffee. We're called to bring him. We're called to honor him. But I want to bring him the highest honor. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Last, last point I, I want to make is <clears throat> I mentioned already that the, the queen shows honor, but it's birthed out of love from her heart, not because she's trying to get something. Only royalty has access to the treasury. I thought it was good. <laughs> you know, we, I'm trying to address something because I believe God's inviting us into something. I, I know God's inviting us into something to, to, have, great, to have great impact. And to see this movement coming out of here to, to be steered to a movement of, of holiness and love and power. Another Jesus movement. A great awakening. But that's only going to happen by people who know they've been invited into the family. People who have been invited into royalty. Thank you, Jesus. When the... When the when the servant comes before the king and brings a petition, oh, I, ho I hope this works, I hope this works, and we pray like that sometimes. We, I still pray like that sometimes. I catch myself, and I'm like, oh, that's not a royal prayer. <laughs> and we, we pray at that place, and we're like, king, I hope you're going to do something with this. But... but uh, a peasant doesn't really expect, doesn't come with an expectation of great favor. A peasant doesn't come with an expectation of great resource, of great support, of, of great backing. A peasant doesn't expect to come in before the king and walk out with bags full of money and gold and, and military support. <laughs> It's just not the expectation they carry. But I believe God's asking us to lift our eyes higher. Because he says, I'm not calling you that. I'm calling you this. And where the peasant doesn't expect that, the bride does. In fact, if the bride needs something, she could just go and get it. I just let that one hang there for a minute. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the uh, last, last point I want to hit is uh, that in royalty, it, it, in this invitation into family, that God places his Holy Spirit in us and upon us. And there's a great promise. <clears throat> and it says, 2 Corinthians 1.22, he has identified us as his own. His own what? His own special people. He has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. I'm going to read that again. Can anybody? 
stand to hear that again. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. That, that when, you, when you get married, you exchange what? Rings. It's a, it's a symbol of the covenant, of the promise. Amen? And th this, this passage of the Holy Spirit, really, it's, it's um, the fulfillment of the type and shadow of, of the signet ring. In uh, Haggai, chapter 2, verse 23, it says this, The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, speaking to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. That's a good start. I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth and overflow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms and the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders, and the horses and their riders shall go down every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of that person, declares the Lord, and make you, listen, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Now what's he going to do? He's going to, to shake the heavens and the earth. And he's going to destroy kingdoms. And he's going to do it by making Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Oh, man. Like a signet ring. Can you just picture that? The mighty hand of God. I want to paint the picture, and we're going to close with this. In, the, in biblical days, when a boy would grow up to... 12, 13, 14 years of age, and his father would declare that he, is, that he is worthy to step into manhood, he would take him to the city gates and he would put a signet ring on his finger. And he would declare, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Does that sound familiar? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased and he is now able to do business in my name. And with that signet ring and that declaration, he is now able to, to do business, to make transactions, to buy and sell, to trade, just like the father was standing there, even if the father isn't there. With the signet ring. When we get married, we exchange rings. That God is inviting us into royalty. And, and from his perspective, he's put a signet ring on your finger. It's called the Holy Spirit. And with that, he says, this is my son, my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. They now have permission to go and do business in my name. What does that mean? That means agitate places <laughs> where you work. <laughs> that means to bring, to bring the kingdom, to see transformation, to break down strongholds, to do what work? The work that the Father would do. 
to break down strongholds, to see righteousness established, to see people healed, to see marriages restored, to see provision released. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But it comes to those who know that they're not just outer citizens. They're not just... Uh, you, got, you got in the gates. Stay right there. Every two years, you'll get five minutes with the king. No. It's released to those who come closer. Who know that they're no longer servants, but friends. Who know that they're sons and daughters. Who know that they're the bride. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel that this is important because God has an assignment for us. Anybody believe God's got an assignment for us? If you believe God's got an assignment, say amen. Amen. And God's got an assignment not for for peasants, not for those who are on the, uh, the, the outer extremities of citizenship, but those who are family. <laughs> those who aren't just going to like cast their cares every once in a while on the Lord not sure how he's going to respond like oh God please help do something but those who are going to put their head on his chest <laughs> and those who bring honor not because I'm afraid to mess up but bring honor out of the overflow of my love and affection I want I want to make you look like a genius. I want to see the name of Jesus made famous in the nations. Wow. Somebody ready to come? Drew. We're just going to let Jesus kiss us tonight. And we're going to let Jesus draw us closer. Because as we talked about in the beginning, that he takes us from glory to glory. Can anybody say amen to that? Now listen, he takes us from where? You're not convinced yet. He takes us from where? Glory Glory to to glory. Listen, the starting place is where? Glory. Glory. Listen, we're talking about being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's not chump change. Come on, somebody work with me, right? Look, that, look, that, put me on the outer courts of the kingdom. I'm still happy, right? That we're talking about being saved. We're talking about spending all eternity in heaven. We're talking about a life with Jesus. <laughs> Eternal love. Thank you, Jesus. There's no tears and no sadness. Oh, where the presence of God dwells forever. Where there's joy unspeakable. We're talking about the richest of the rich. We're talking about being in the kingdom of heaven. But God is into the process. I'm up here and I'm telling you on the same day, I can can be in the seat of royalty and I can be in the peasant's house. 
and not even be sure how I got there sometimes. Like, oh, I was doing so good a minute ago. What happened? But he's always pushing us where? Closer. Not further. He's drawing us near. He's drawing us near. He's drawing us near. And just the way a husband speaks tenderly to his bride, he's going to speak tenderly to you on the journey. He's not going to force you. He's not going to rush you, but he is going to invite you. And he is going to draw you. One of my favorite things about God is that he's not in a hurry. He's been doing this longer than we have. <laughs> he's not in a hurry, but he is faithful. And he is good. But listen, listen. The bride has got to move closer. How many people don't want the church just to do the same loops and go around the same mountain that the church has been going around for decades? The, the church, so who wants to see a church that moves into transformational glory? Transformational power transformational love, a church that brings honor to the king, not because we're afraid to mess it up, but because we're madly in love. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you can, you can see the fruit. If my honor looks like, really, I'm honoring you because I'm afraid of you, I bear the fruit of that. That didn't go over well. <laughs> But if I honor you because I'm madly in love with you, and I'm madly in love with you because I know that you were first madly in love with me, and that you took me from not even being in the court, you took me from where outer darkness, and you moved me not just to the outer courts, not just to the inner courts, but to the holy of holies, to your marvelous light, past Servanthood into friendship, into sonship, into being the bride. When it doesn't matter if it's thunder and lightning and the car is shaking and you're supposed to preach in a metal church. <laughs> you're like, no, I got my head on his chest. He's got this. If you believe God wants to invite you and invite us deeper because he's got a call, because he's got an assignment. And guess what? He needs you for the assignment. I just want you to stand to your feet tonight. And I just want you to let Jesus call you as the team plays over you for a moment. We're just going to take a moment. I want you to let Jesus call you.
And what does that look like? I don't know. That's between you and your husband. (laughs) What does that look like? I don't know. Maybe it's just a heart response. Maybe you lift your hands. Maybe you come to the front. But I want you to let Jesus call you. And I want you to see yourself respond. And I want you to ask yourself, where are you now and where is he calling you to? Thank you, Jesus. Some of you might want to come to the front. <laughs> Some of you are like, it's my, it's my moment to wash his feet with the perfume. Wow. And some of you are just, just supposed to say yes in your hearts. Some of you are supposed to raise your hand. I don't know, but I know this, that he is releasing an invitation for transformational glory. I want to invite you to step in as the, as the team plays. Thank you, Jesus. If you're, if you're supposed to close your eyes, then do it. We love him because he first loved us. Let him call you. Let him show you. Let him give you that signet ring tonight. Come on, let's just worship over them for a few minutes. Here's the thing. (laughs) Only family has keys to the treasury. (laughs) I want you to let Jesus hand you keys to breakthrough right now. Keys that you maybe didn't think that you were worthy to hold before. (laughs) We just break that off right now. We break that off right now in Jesus' name. We break it off right now and... (laughs) He's drawing you closer. I want you to let him give you keys to breakthrough right now. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to have a team up here to pray for people who need prayer, people who want have somebody agree with them to go deeper. 
Well, we're going to release you with a transformational prayer. Because sometimes power looks like a lightning bolt. Sometimes power looks like the weighty cabal of God. I, I can't get up off my floor for hours and hours. Sometimes power looks like I'm vibrating uncontrollably, but I tell you, all the time it comes from, all the time it looks like I'm aware that I have my head on his chest. I'm aware, I'm aware that he has invited me into that place. So put your hands out that you're going to receive something. Well, and I want to declare an increase of breakthrough over you. Like for this week. Come on. Wow. Happy Thanksgiving. Is anybody thankful that we serve a king of transformational love and grace and power? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare over you a breakthrough for areas, in areas that feel like they've been eluding you. Ah. And I believe that you're going to go and that you're going to carry that breakthrough out with you. And it's a process. Some people, you're going to see breakthrough this week. And we're going to hear the testimonies. And some people, he's inviting you in to pressing in and leaning in and He's into the journey. He is into the journey. It is not a comparison. It is not a race. He is into the journey. The only thing that matters is that you keep coming closer. So, Father, right now I thank you for the authority of family. <laughs> the authority of royalty. And Father, I thank you right now for new keys to breakthrough, new keys to the treasury, new keys to resource, God, new keys that come from intimacy, more breakthrough at work, Father, more breakthrough in boldness, God, more breakthrough in it being easy just to tell people at work, on the streets, at restaurants, oh, did you know how good... Your heavenly Father is. Do you know that you have a king that loves you? <laughs> Do you know that there is a king who loves you that does miracles today? Breakthroughs over you in Jesus' name. We release you with that and everybody said, Amen. I encourage you just to stay in that place for a moment. The team is going to sing again. They're just going to release more grace. <clears throat> if you need to go, you can be released. But in a moment, Sandra's going to come up here and, and invite our, our miracle workers, prayer team, where these, these things are happening, tumors are dissolving. <clears throat> if you need prayer, you can do that. But just let Jesus, just put it, your head on his chest and see where that takes you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.